Today's episode is brought to you by the She Leads Podcast Network, the first network for women by women. Visit SheLeadsPodcast.com to learn more today. Welcome to the Creative Visionaries Podcast. My name is Tori Barker, a digital marketing specialist, business owner, mom, and you guessed it, a creative visionary. This podcast is about inspiring business owners, building connections, sharing success stories, and motivating others. Join me on this journey as we tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me on the Creative Visionaries podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to this amazing guest. His name is Robert Raymond Riopel, and Robert is an international best-selling author. He's an app designer an entrepreneur and a trainer who spent the last 20 plus years traveling around the world, sharing his passion. Robert, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tori. I'm so happy to be here because I can already tell you like having fun just like I do. And I think we're going to have a little bit of fun while we deliver a lot of value today. I love it. I think everyone needs a little laugh, a little sunshine, a little smile in their day. Well, and that's why I've got an aerodynamic head, so I can reflect the sunlight for people, you see. Perfect. So even I with my lights strategy. in here, I can just... <laughs> <laughs> so, Robert, so in the intro, it says, you know, you've traveled around the world sharing your passion. What is your passion? Well, my main passion is I love to bring people's gifts out of them and then show them how to take their gift, live it in a, a passionate way where they benefit other people and make money at the same time. You know, because that way they wake up in the morning and instead of going, oh, today's going to be a crappy day, they wake up going, yes, even if I'm tired, even if I'm sore, even if I've you know, worn out, I'm like, yes, I'm ready to go because I'm living and doing what I love to do. That's awesome. I think everyone strives for that, that uh, achievement and at least waking up knowing that you're making progress, you're, you know, doing good for other people and serving in the best way that you can for sure. Yeah. And, you know, some people, they, they're so conditioned, they wake up going, well, I have no other choice. I have to do this. And look, that was me growing up as a kid. We were taught, you do what you need to do to support your family, whether you like the work or not, whether you like the job or not. And so thank goodness, I learned at a young age that no matter how hard I work, no matter how many companies I worked for, whether I liked it or not, I was just another number. And if I wanted any kind of success, I had to take control of that success. And because of that, I started guiding my life. And, and that's a message I love to get to people because if, some people, Tori, they don't think they have a choice. Mm-hmm. They're going, you don't understand my situation. I have no choice. Yeah. And, you know, if they understand that, you know, you don't think you have choice. Yeah, things happen. Life happens. But the one thing you will always have choice about is how you respond or react to whatever the situation is. And so you can sit there and go, you know what? Yeah, this is temporary. This is me doing what I need to do to support my family because that's important. Yeah. I've done many of those jobs. Yeah, <laughs> But then keeping the passion on the side going, but it's not going to be something that becomes that, you know, means to an end that becomes permanent. Yeah. This is a means to the end short term with my vision going, and I can do that. Yeah. And I can work towards this one step at a time. And, you know, and there's a lot of secrets we can deliver to people how to do that. Because I know yeah. right now your, your, your listeners are going, oh, it makes it sound so easy, but it can't be that easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a snap of a finger and you're there, right? <laughs> No. Or laughed, depending on which way you want to go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so tell us about that a little bit about that journey and how you got to this point to you know your your history and and kind of your story getting to where you are today. And then we'll jump into yeah. some good stuff. My wife 
she's one of these people in my life that's not willing to let me play smaller than I am. And she holds me to a higher standard. And of course, I'm always open to all that, right? It's like when she's kicking my butt, I'm always open. Not, but I'll tell you, people go, Robert, what's the secret to lasting that long in a marriage? To me, the two most important words in a relationship, yes, dear. Those are the two most important. And so here I am, I'm newlywed now, and I'm getting laid off from my third job that I thought was going to be a career. And I'm frustrated. I, this is when I learned that I'm just another number because it was a big company. And so at the time here in Alberta and Canada, where I live, we were going through the middle of an oil bust and work was hard to find. You couldn't find that real job as my, people might call it. Yeah. And I did, I put the suit, the tie, the jacket on. I went and put all my resumes out and I was looking for that real job. Being a newlywed, I'm like, I've got to do something until I find that real job. And so I decided because one of the things my parents taught me is you do whatever it takes. So I started delivering pizzas for Domino's Pizza because that's the only job I could find until I found the real job. But then also I started having more fun, making more money, getting to drive around my vehicle, window down in the summer, not the winter, <laughs> and listening to music. I was making more money than I was in my real job. And because of my work ethic, I soon became a manager of a store and my wife became my assistant. And together we started working open clothes seven days a week because we know how to work hard. And with that, again, about a year and a half in, all of a sudden, we were faced with one of those times, Tori, where our franchisee came up and he's like, I'm decided I'm getting out of Domino's Pizza. I'm selling my two stores. I went into panic mode because now it wasn't going to just be me losing my job. My wife was as well. So our entire income was going to get wiped out because we had seen enough stores sold around us. We knew that the new owners came in, immediately let go of the managers because they wanted to bring their own team in. Yeah. And so my solution was, hey, I know what we're going to do. We're going to go to the other franchisees here in the city. We're going to find out who needs a good manager. We built relationships with them. So we should be able to find a job. And my wife looked at me and she goes, um, uh, why would we do that? She goes, we're qualified to be franchisees. Why don't we just buy the store we're working in? And I looked at her like she was off her rocker. And I'm like, oh, because we don't have any money. That's why we don't buy the store. Hello. Right. <laughs> And I'll tell you, my wife, being the youngest of five, raised by a single mother, she was taught, you figure out a way. And so we started learning, how do you, can you and how do you buy a business if you have no money? And Tori, I want your listeners to understand something and hear something. We made a lot of mistakes. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. We did a lot. We, every time we made a mistake, we'd learn. What did we do wrong? And we'd rechange our verbiage and we'd go again and go again. That's actually the secret to success right there is don't yeah. stop. Yeah, is every time we did something wrong, we'd learn something from it and we'd go again. And after about five months, we now had the confidence to actually approach our bank because now we knew what to say, what not to say. Hmm. And we sat down with the business manager and he ended up not giving us the financing for the store. He actually gave us 100% financing for both the stores my franchisee had for sale. Wow. Yeah. And we became franchisees at the age of 23 and we're like, oh. And you'd think that's like life just became awesome at that point. And it did. But what we started to realize very quickly, we knew how to run a Domino's pizza store, but we didn't know how to run a business. Mm. And there's a world of differences between the two. Absolutely. And it took us about two years to figure it out and actually start making some pretty good money, not realizing both coming from poor families, our spending habits, we started spending more money than we were earning. 
And Tori, I hope that didn't shock you. I know you've never heard anybody who's ever yeah. done that before, never, right? Never, never an entre never. entrepreneur I've heard of or spending more than they've made. <laughs> yeah, right? And by the time we passes, were I think. I think so, yeah. And by the time we were eight years franchisees, we were now over $150,000 in personal debt, stressed out beyond belief and going down very, very quickly. Yeah. And that's when we were introduced to personal development, where we were given tickets to an evening. And the only reason... The only reason we showed up, because I didn't think I needed this. Who needs personal development? Who needs this crap? You know, I knew everything. My bank <laughs> account wasn't showing that, but hey, I knew everything. Yeah, there was Anybody a disconnect. <laughs> right? <laughs> the only reason we showed up to that evening is because the tickets were valued at $39 each. And thank goodness, I my mind wouldn't let me waste that money. Hmm. And that changed our life. Because from there, we went to a three-day training that we learned why we we're in debt, but more importantly, we learned to take responsibility. I was good at blaming other people. They lost our investment. It's because of them I made that decision. Look what it cost us. And I was good at throwing the blame on people. And when we started taking ownership, the third thing they taught us was also how to get out of debt if we wanted to. And because we were so stressed out, we took action. And we started putting into place you know, what we had just learned. And all of a sudden, nine months later, we went from being over $150,000 in debt personally to actually being completely retired, financially free at the age of 32. Wow. And that's, that's what our mindset. You said, you said nine months time? Mm -hmm. In nine wow. months time. And so yeah. now that's what you, that's what you speak about and you share with others is, is kind of that of experience that and that knowledge and. Well, and, and that experience, that knowledge, but also how every one of us, because now that I've traveled around the world several times, first time I went outside of North America to teach was in 2007. And my mind was going, are these people in Asia? I was going to Singapore. I had 6,000 students for the weekend. And it's like, are they the same as us? Do they have the same crap going on? Within the first two hours of the training, oh yeah, we realized they may be in a different part of the world. They may have been raised different, but they have the same crap going on in their head that we have. <laughs> yeah. And now because of that, today I've taught all over the world because mm -hmm. we realize that we're not unique here in North America. The same non-supportive stuff going on in our heads, the same crap we grabbed as children and thought now that's the reality, that is, impacts everybody around. And so for the last 20 years, you know, I've been blessed to be able to help over half a million students in live trainings um, have a little bit more of an understanding. I love that. I mean, I think every entrepreneur, whether they're, you know, new into the business or, you know, new into the journey, it's it's a learning curve because, mm -hmm. you know, either you come with the business side or you come with the actual service or the creative that you do. And it's never really rarely that you'll find someone who has all those things together. So like for me specifically, like I started my business with marketing, right? So I do digital marketing and consulting and all that stuff. And, and so I have the, the service, the marketing, the customer, you know, journey, all of that stuff. The business side of thing was the learning curve for me because yeah. it was like, wait a second, <laughs> it's not just as simple as this, right? So it's, it's how do you grow and how do you monetize? How do you uh, expand? How do you build a team and, and, and share what's in your brain with other people so that you can multiply how you help and service people. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it, I, I'm learning that I'm not alone, which is good, I guess, but, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, okay, I, there's so many people who are in the same spot that need that guidance and that yeah. uh, knowledge and that support to, 
get them over this hump because, you know, a lot of statistics show that entrepreneurs, you know, will lose their business or stop, you know, doing what they're doing after what, five years or so, because they just can't or get less, over a that. lot less or less, yeah. right. Because yeah. they can't get through those hurdles. And yeah. so it's like, we're pushing through, we're pushing through. And so that's where I want to, and I want to share, you know, your knowledge and what, mm -hmm. what you teach and, and, to help my audience, you know, who somebody this might resonate with for sure. So, well, look, you've already hit on a couple of the very, very key pieces. One is that people think I have to do it on my own. I have to know it all. And so they're not truly an entrepreneur. They are actually a solopreneur. Right. And the reason that happens is because when we're growing up, think about school. We're taught, figure it out on your own. Don't you dare copy someone else or you're cheating. Cheating is bad, 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 bad. And so we learn this and we're ingrained with this for years, you know, almost two decades. And also we come into the real world and the easiest way, the greatest way to have success is to find someone who's accomplished what you want and model that, copy the hell out of them. Yeah. But then what does our mind do? But that's bad, that's bad. I can't do that. I'll be cheating. Cheat! <laughs> and and you know, it's like... Because think about this is, is here's what happens in our mind. It goes, okay, they've got a proven system. They've created six, seven, eight figures with that system. So I'm going to follow that system. But then the mind starts going, you can't do that. That's cheating. That's not going to be allowed. You're going to be a bad person. And so then our mind goes, okay, so I'm going to make the system my system. I'm going to take their system that's working and I'm going to corrupt I'm going to change it, it with yeah. my crap. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden it doesn't work the same. And we start going, why is it not working? I made it better. No, you didn't. <laughs> and we don't even realize this is all going on underneath. Yeah. And here, here's, you know, I, I have a really good friend who he, when he was young, he spent 13 years incarcerated. Mm. And in those 13 years, and he admits it was his fault. Grew up in a gang neighborhood and he had to be the bad guy. He got put in jail and every jail they moved him to, he wanted to be number one or number two in that jail because he knew those were the guys that ran the whole thing. And he wasn't willing to be anything but top dog. And so the first thing he'd do is he'd find who the tough guys are and get into a fight with them to position himself. Right. And so when he finally realized he was doing this to himself, he made a decision. He, this wasn't the way to live. He wanted out and he was able to get out of prison. Today, he travels around the world teaching countries how to keep their kids out of jail. And one of the things I was talking to him, because he's like, Robert, you know, I need your help. And he came to me to be a, a mentor, which listen up, having mentors is critical. People who've gone through the crap you're going through and can tell you how to avoid the landmines. I said, so Andre, how can I help you? He says, well, all my material, I said, I can work with the prison systems, but not many countries are willing to keep bringing me over. You know, and I work with a place here in Tennessee, I, uh, Georgia. He said, but you know, I need something more. I want to work with business. I said, perfect. He goes, what do you mean perfect? I said, you already have all the knowledge you need. He's like, pardon me? I said, your whole forte, your whole brand is that you're going to teach people how to get out of the prison of business, of being an entrepreneur. And I said, as an example, Andre, I said, in those 13 years in jail, did you spend any time in solitary confinement? And he goes, are you kidding? Five years of the 13 years I was in solitary. And I said, why do you think they put people in solitary? He goes, because it's the worst punishment you can give a human being is making them be by themselves. And I said, and isn't that what entrepreneurs are doing to themselves? Mm. They're actually putting themselves in solitary confinement yeah. and wondering why they're so stressed out. I mm. said, so one of your first lessons is teach them quit being a solopreneur 
and how to truly be an entrepreneur by asking for help. Yeah. See, and Tori, that's the connection I want people to get. Their mind doesn't even realize they're doing this to themselves. This is why being part of like your chambers, your BNIs, all these groups, networking groups are so critical because you're going to start to notice that you're not the only one that has the same issues. And I know right now your listeners are going, but Robert, I've tried that. You may have, but you probably come in with, how can I pitch myself? How do I get more business? Instead of saying, what commonalities do I have? Yeah. What strengths do I have that they maybe don't have, or they have that I could use so we could do some joint ventures. So we could right. do some partnerships. Every business I start now, I don't start unless I have one or two or more great partners that know and take care of the stuff I'm crappy at. Yeah. <laughs> because that was one of the hardest lessons is to realize what I'm not good at. Yeah. And once you're willing to be vulnerable enough, and it's going to take courage. I, I'm going to tell you and your audience right off the bat, it will take courage because we've been taught that we have to be strong. We have to do it on our own. But the moment you're willing to sit there and say, hey, there's something I don't know. And you start looking for help. But Robert, I'm a new entrepreneur. I can't afford that. I uh, didn't say you always had to pay for it. Yeah. What service could you trade in exchange? Yeah. I love the barter system. <laughs> when I had my Domino's pizzas, my wife and I traded pizza for everything. We even got to trade pizza to be able to go to the Las Vegas Speedway and drive Formula One cars around the trace on the racetrack at 160 miles an hour. Wow. <laughs> got to get creative. Yeah. I love that. And and so one of the one of the topics that you you know, teach on is the the four currencies of life. I, I'm sure you've kind of touched on that, but can you um, kind of expand and, and tell us what's that, what's that framework? Tell us the four currencies of sure. life that you teach. Yeah. About. Well, the first currency is the one that everybody's automatically probably thinking in their mind, the currency of money. And in my research, what I've realized is two things that happen with money. You can either have too much money or you can have too little money. Third thing, you can be right in between. Too much money is called affluenza. And affluenza means, you know, you have affluenza when you start doing crazy ass stuff with your, with your money. You know, I, I remember reading an article, you, you know, the A380 airplanes, the big two-decker airplanes. Yeah. When they were first coming out, this uh, prince somewhere in, you know, over in UAE or whatever, he decided to spend a billion dollars on his own A380. Then he spent another hundred million on re-renovating it to be his own perfect party plane. See, that's a great sign of affluenza. I can think of a lot better things to do with $1.1 billion. <laughs> but when you have too much money, this is when you start doing investments without doing your due diligence. And then you're shocked if you lose money on them. How did that happen? It's because you were just throwing money at it because you had too much. And it's not that you had too much. It's that you weren't the right person to handle that amount of money, if that makes sense. Yeah. Too little money is called poverty. And you know, you know, for me, when I had my Domino's pizzas all those years ago, my poverty level for my wife and I was right around $40,000 a year combined. If we got anywhere around there, we felt the stress. Oh my God, how are we going to pay the bills? And so we went through that. And at, actually at that time, my affluenza level was about 100000 As long as I was in that zone, our life smoothly ran. We had enough to pay bills. We were good. But the moment we went out of that zone, either way, our life would go into a, a downturn. Yeah. Does that make sense so far? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. And what happens is, first of all, understand your zone will be different from everybody around you. So, and your zone can grow or diminish with you in your lifestyle. So back then, 20 years ago, it was 40,000, 100,000. Today, because of my knowledge, what I've done, how I, what I've experienced, 
my affluenza or my poverty level is around $200,000 a year. I like my lifestyle. <laughs> so if I'm making less than $200,000 a year, I get a little stressed. Yeah. My um, affluenza level is about a million a year. Every time I break that ceiling, I notice I start doing stuff. Now, here's the thing to understand. When you know, and you'll be able to tell where your level is, Tori, you'll be able to tell just by watching your habits, your what you invest in or don't, when you get stressed, when you start doing crazy stuff. I'm in a partnership now where um, the team that we're with is, and what we've created this app, we know that in the next five years, our goal is to sell it for multiple billions of dollars. Yeah. I'm on the board of directors. I'm a shareholder in it as well. So that means it's going to be um, generational wealth. Hmm. And my mind instantly, me and my, one of my partners were discussing, because we both have done millions and millions of dollars, but we've never made tens of millions, hundreds of millions, or a billion. Yeah. And so all of a sudden we started looking and we went, Ooh, if we don't increase our, who we are to handle that affluenza level to grow it, that money's going to come in and very quickly it's going to go out because we won't have adjusted. Yeah, Nothing to do with the money. That's right. It's with us. Yeah. So that's the currency of, of money. That's the first currency. Second currency is a currency that we all have the exact same amount of. And that's the currency of time. And one of the biggest things I hear from people is, Robert, you, you say the stuff, you say I should be able to do this and this, but you don't know my life. You don't know how busy I am. I have a family. I have a business or a job. I don't have time. And what they don't realize is there's people are really, really, really good at being busy, but they're not necessarily good at being productive. Yeah. And there's a world of differences there, world yeah. of difference. And so when it comes to the currency of time, what it is, is on my calendar, I make sure on my calendar that the first thing I put on it, and this is kind of one of the, what I call the four phases of life. My wife and I put on what's called our pamper pieces. Hmm. And what that means is in money, if, if you study money at all, rule number one, wealth rule, number one, pay yourself what, Tori? Pay yourself first. That's it. Whew. I was hoping <laughs> you knew the answer to that. Yeah, is pay yourself first. Yeah. And what people don't realize is if that's important for money, isn't time one of our most precious commodities? So doesn't it make sense to pay yourself first in our time as well? Right. So my wife and I always put on our calendars things to take time for each other, time for ourselves, time for family, time for health. That goes on the calendar before anything else. Mm. But the second thing that goes on my calendar, and I live by my calendar today, the second thing that goes on my calendar is what's called focused time. Mm. And what focused time is, is when I can be busy and sit there and go, oh, I got to get this done and this done. I'm going to come to my office. I'm going to write my book because I'm writing my second book right now. And I'll come to my office and also eight hours later, I'll be, man, was I busy? I come back and I look and I go, I was I here do? for eight hours being yeah. busy, but what did I do? And if I look closer, I go, oh, I was on social media. I was answering emails. I was doing some chatting and I wrote a little bit of the book. And so it's easy to get distracted. So what you have to do is I'll put on my calendar, say 10 to 11, work on book. Yeah. And when I come in during that focus time for that hour, no other distractions, I work on my book. And from me doing this, I've realized that one hour of my productive time is equal to about six hours of me being busy. Yeah. And if your audience just heard what I said, I just freed up a whole ton of time for them by being productive. So that's the second currency. Third one is the currency of fame. And this is something that everybody goes through there. Everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame. 
And if you have too much fame in your life, it can ruin your life if you don't know how to handle it. Too little fame, people then do crazy things to try and get it. And what I want people to realize is you are you. Yeah. And you are you, whether you're famous or not. And I, and I take, took my lead from uh, J-Lo, an interview I heard from her a few years ago. The interviewer said, J-Lo, you're a powerhouse in business and in family. How do you balance that? She goes, I'm just me. She says, but when I'm in business, I'm J-Lo. That's my persona. When I'm at home, I'm just Jennifer. Wow. And I'm just me in that role. And I, for me, it was an eye-opener. And because when I'm traveling around the world, I have assistants that take care of everything. And I get pampered like crazy. And then so I come home. And our running joke with my wife is, honey, you're home now. No more assistance. Go take yeah. out the garbage. <laughs> and I love that because that keeps me balanced. Yeah. Because can you imagine? I love camping with family. Can you imagine sitting around the fire having a beer going, hey, go get me a beer. Don't you know who I am? I'm Robert Raymond Realpel. My brothers would clue me in quickly. I ain't all that. Very quickly. <laughs> They'd ground you real fast. <laughs> That's right. So just be you. Be yeah. you and no matter what's going on in your life. And because how, as more good comes your way, how you handle it is based on what your beliefs are, how confident, not arrogant, how confident you are in you. Yeah. And then the final um, currency is the one I spend most of my time in. And that is the currency of experience. Yeah. And see, most people, they go through life hoping to just get by and they just exist. Probably the biggest fear I have, Tori, is getting to the end of my life and looking back going, what did I really do? Yeah. I want to look back and go, what a life, what a life. So everything I do today, I'm always creating experience around it. Or even if it's something I hate doing, even if it's something I like, I've gone through two back surgeries. And so if um, my wife loves gardening, but being on my hands and knees, helping weed garden, that's one of the things that knocks my back into pain the worst. And so I'm very aware of my body and I hate doing it but I love being there for my wife right. and it's something she enjoys. So to me, I'll experience being there with her and that joy instead of experiencing, why am I doing this? Like most people would do, right? right? So what are you doing? And so when I create masterminds, I love masterminds. I don't want to just do a mastermind. I want to do experiential mastermind. Hmm. Just before COVID, I invited eight of my students to meet me in Florida. And when they met me there, we hopped on a private jet we flew to the Bahamas for the day. We masterminded all day long at an amazing resort and then flew back that night. And because of the experience, everybody went deeper in being willing to assist each other because we didn't just go, hey, let's mastermind. You help me, I'll help you. No, which would have been good, but because we put it around an experience, it became magical. Yeah, so that's the four currencies kind of in a quick nutshell. Yeah. And that, you know, that last piece, you know, for me, I think is the connection part of it too, right? It's not only the mm -hmm. experience, but it's the connection that you have on a deeper level with, with those people in a mastermind group or, you know, whatever networking group that you're in, you have that connection with those people and that builds the relationship further yeah. than anything else could. Yeah. And, and like that day out of the eight people, we created eight, seven figure businesses for them. And here we are three years later, all still friends. <laughs> we still help each other out. We still love to celebrate each other. And now that, you know, the world's kind of opening back up, we can't wait to get back together. But this time we'll probably get together on a yacht. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and why? And, and here's a secret, because why did we go on a jet? Do you want to know why I went on a jet? Tell me. I've flown all over the world, but I've never been on a private jet. <laughs> so what would most people do? 
they would sit there and go, well, I'd have to save up 20, 30, $40,000, hopefully, and then I might write. And I'm like, no, how do I make money having the experience of going on a private jet? I got paid to go on the private jet. And my students were thrilled because we delivered so much value to them yeah. that they're like, tell me what you want to do next, Robert. We're ready. Let's go. And, 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 and that takes out the marketing aspect because now when it's time to do something like that, all I have to do is sit there and go, ready to do my next experiential mastermind, who's in? And all of a sudden, and I don't have to sit there and go, okay, I'm gonna give you this deal, I'm gonna give you, oh, please, someone, please, 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 please. And see, and that's the difference as well, is people in business are used to begging for their business. Mm -hmm. But I want you to create such value, such experience that your ideal clients are going, how do we work with you? Where, what, what's your next thing? And, yeah. and, and it still surprised me today when people are going, okay, Robert, um, you know, we did this, now what's next? And I'll be, and I have to go into my MSU bucket. Do you know what the MSU bucket is? No. Make shit up bucket. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, you just spent 30 grand with me and you've now made a few million. Um, let's see, why don't I put together a $100,000 package? Yeah. Okay, Robert, what are we doing in it? <laughs> no idea. Send me I'll the money and we'll figure it out. Right? <laughs> and how cool is that? I love that. How cool is that? You know, one of my business partners and I right now, we've got four clients that we're putting proposals out to where they're all six and seven figure proposals because we're now helping them create trainings, create talks, create gamification. And because of our 15 plus years each in that arena and we make it so much fun, they're like, yeah, we want to work with you. How much do you need up front? They're not sitting there going, oh, can you give me a better deal? I don't know <laughs> if that's worth it because we've been very clear on who we want to work with. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things I've noticed for business owners is they think I'm going to help everybody. No, you're not. Yeah, that's true. Find, find the few. Look, five clients. If we work with five clients a year, we're each doing about a million dollars a year. Hmm. hmm. There's seven plus billion. I, I only need five. Yeah. Now look at what that does for your time management as well. Yeah. You're not sitting there trying to deal with hundreds and hundreds of people to make that kind of income. And that's after revenue split with my partner and with a third partner. And we'll still each do over a million dollars. Five clients. Wow. How many people want to do that? That's listening to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> hands raised, right? <laughs> <laughs> hands up, baby, yeah. hands up. <laughs> give me your knowledge. Give me anyway. I, I, I just love having fun for you, as you can tell. So Robert, you had mentioned a little bit earlier on that uh, you're writing your second book. So yes. tell me about your first book. Well, my first book, which is called Success Left a Clue, because I'm known for giving people clues from the stage. And that's six simple steps. And I always tell people, Tori, do not let the simplicity fool you. It's six very simple steps to create the life you truly want. And that's everything from dreaming big, not just dreaming, dreaming big, all the way to taking action, having a mentor, someone to model, being able to celebrate your successes. That's probably the biggest key most people miss right there. They sit there and they go, well, if it's a big success, yeah, but if it's a little success, I'm not going to celebrate it. And it's like uh, a success is a success is a success. It's only this little thing up here that's telling you whether it's small, medium or large. Yeah. So getting people to really do that. Uh, and then, you know, that also leads to the fifth step, which is believing in yourself. Mm. And it's something I said earlier, it's not out of arrogance. It's out of confidence. I believe the greatest gift anybody can give this planet is to be themselves. Mm. And I want your audience to um, know that this is coming from a world-renowned 
people pleaser right here. <laughs> I grew up being the youngest of four to get my share of attention in the family. I thought I had to please everybody. And for all those people pleasers listening, you know how daunting of a task that is. And the moment I realized is that this is me. Yeah. Either you're going to like me or you don't. Mm. And if you like me, that's awesome. Yeah. If you don't, that's awesome. Because look at how many people I just cut out instead of trying to spend energy, time, money, being someone else, make them happy. By being me, I get to live who I am. And I, I'm blown away every day, Tori, by the people attracted to my energy that don't want me to change. They don't want me to be different. And when you feel that weight lifted off your shoulder, the world changes. So for me, that's, you know, the greatest gift anybody can give the planet. Show up for who you are, whatever that looks like. Yeah, and you know, just, that makes me think of um, one of my recent interviews. I, I interviewed someone who is like a, um, he's a coach, but he does uh, Clifton Strengths, like Gallup, um, assessments. Have you heard of those? Mm -hmm. yep. So it's funny because it's like, be you, but be uniquely yourself. And so these assessments, he was saying, you know, almost never do you see somebody with the same qualities, right? Those, those five pillars or those 10 pillars, because everyone's so uniquely themselves. And so it's just yep. interesting because it's like all these things point to each other, right? You know, just be you, be unique. Everyone is made who they are for a reason to, yeah. you know, give back to, to society and to, you know, strengthen whatever purpose we have. So it's, well, and that's it, you know, and one of my business, he's now a business partner, but for 15 years, we've traveled around the world training. He gave me one of the biggest lessons I ever could have had. When I started training on stage, a small audience was a thousand, 1500, 2000 students for me. I'd be up on stage for up to 12 hours a day, three to five days straight. And so I'd have a lot of people that just, you know, we're transforming lives they're getting a lot out of it. And people would say, Robert, you're my guru. And I would sit there and I'd be like, oh, inside. I would just, I would like feel like, yeah. And because I hated that word, because it's like, why are people putting me on a pedestal? Yeah. And, and I, it really hit me because that's what I had always done to people. And so I, and it was that reflection back and I was doing a camp and we were in New York state doing the camp. And I had, not only was I teaching a five day camp, but I had six people I was teaching to train this exact same camp. And during one of the afternoons, I had my students off doing stuff. And I had these six, um, you know, that I was giving them insights and we were working with them. And I brought my friend who was delivering a big part of the camp. And I said, I want you to work with these guys. And so they're talking to him. And, and this one, one of my students, go, his name's Tom, goes, yeah, Robert's my guru. And out of the corner of his eye, my friend Aaron, who reads people, he does body language, facial expressions, all that. All of a sudden, he caught out of the corner of the eye. He saw me do a little flinch. And he said, Tom, hang on a second. He looks, he said, Robert, what just happened? I said, nothing, Aaron, nothing. Just keep going. He goes, no, what just happened? I said, Aaron, just keep going. He goes, hey, we're not going any further until you tell us what you just went through. And so we can sit here the rest of the time. I'm like, I said, I hate that word guru. He says, why? I said, because I'm no better or worse than anybody else. I'm just me. And so when someone puts me up on a pedestal and calls me their guru, and he looked at me, he said, okay, I get it. He said, I want you to do me a favor. And, and Tori, I'm going to ask you to do this. Spell the word guru. G-U-R-U. -U. So yeah, I said G-U-R-U. -U, and he looked, G, you are you. Huh. And all of a sudden, paradigm shift just like that. And it went from being something I hated and cringed on to becoming probably the greatest compliment anyone can give me. Wow. And so I want everybody to realize they're their own guru. 
when you realize you are you be that you know that's that is that gift that you can give the world well that's a gift for me you know just you saying that and kind of putting me through that process seriously it's a a mindset shift for me and so thank you for for sharing that and and that experience because yeah. i think you know if that hits me and makes me kind of really sit back and think about that as well i think you know everyone who's listening can definitely relate to that and why do you think you do this podcast because the information you're getting you've positioned yourself in a smart place to get people to help teach you while you're teaching your audience yeah. What do most people go? Well, I got to go somewhere to learn. And you said, no, I'm going to take the bull by the horns. I'm going to teach others. Well, I learn. Yeah. And so that's something I always applaud people for because that's smart business right there. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. You know, having a podcast is not only a way for me to, to share knowledge from the guests that I have, but I get to learn right along with you. And for me, yeah. I'm a lifelong learner. Like, I would, you know, anything I can research or learn, just at, at least to have a little bit of knowledge on on all, you know, certain topics. It's like, I just love it. And so this yeah. is like on steroids. It's like learning on steroids <laughs> for me. And that's it. <laughs> and, and how many people would not even think of doing this? And, and let me ask this question to you too, uh, Tori, is when you're talking to some of your guests, you, some of the stuff they're saying that people are going, this is brilliant. You're going, wow, and I did know that. Yeah. I already do that. Yeah. And so it becomes that reaffirmation that you're on the right track. Whereas most people, they'll beat themselves up. I don't know enough. And, and this is one of the reasons most people don't start in business or they don't continue in business. A little hard roadblock, a little speed bump comes up and they go, oh, I knew it. I didn't have enough. I didn't study enough. I didn't prepare enough. I'm not good enough. And they stop <laughs> instead of going, okay. Um, and in two words that I live by, what's next? Mm. I don't want anybody to think that, you know, my life has just been easy. I've, I had everything handed to me. I've gone through some of the biggest crap, but because I go, what's next, I get through it. Mm. That's what's allowed me to be where I am today. Yeah. And even today, I still go through crap, but it's how yeah. am I reacting to it? How am I responding to it? Do I sit there and let it crush me? Look, when, when the world changed, I went in an instant from flying 200,000 miles a year on average around the world to zero. Mm. All my live events being canceled, hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue gone out the window instantly. For the first two weeks, I played the victim. What is this thing? How, do we have it? And I, my mind, I physically made myself sick, think, believing I had this crap. And my wife, who refused to isolate me, she got sick. And there's parts of the time where in bed, we couldn't be awake for more than an hour at a time. We we're so drained. And the only reason we'd get up is go take care of our animals feed them, take our pet pig outside. Yes, I said pet pig. She's amazing. <laughs> She's a princess. And it took us a couple of weeks because we're also on hold like eight hours a day to our health system trying to figure out where do you get a test? When And we pass out, fall asleep, wake up, and still on hold. Oh, wake up, gosh. still on hold. And when we finally got the test done and the results, and it took just over two weeks to do all this, of course, it came back negative. But look what our minds had done to us. Mm. And the moment we realized, also my wife were like, holy crap, look what we've done. We did a mindset shift and we went to those two words. We said, what's next? Mm. And so now, because now we've seen all these events being canceled, we don't know how long it's going to go on and all that. So we, we sat there and we went, okay, what's next? And my wife said, well, we bought this beautiful acreage we're on. 
with the intention of someday building a training studio so I don't have to travel as much. Yeah. Now, to be clear, I was still um, taking six months a year off, even though I was traveling half, you know, for 200,000 miles a year, because it's my passion. I was still taking six months a year off. How many people wish they could do that? Yeah. But we also want to slow it down even more. Yeah. She said, so, um, so why we bought the property? I know we're looking at building it five, six, seven years from now. Why not do it now? And of course, all the little voices. Yeah, but how much will it cost? What if, what if, what if, what if a million what if scenarios came in? Yeah. And that's where two more words, very powerful, come in. All in. Mm. We made the decision and we said, we're going to do it. And it took almost two years from conception to reality. But today I'm sitting in my office, which is part of the 2,400 square feet we added onto the back of our house. On the other side of the wall beside me is a 1,500 square foot training center where just two weekends ago in my super Zoom room, where I have eight TV screens up, I did a training for over 500 students from 68 countries for three very intensive days. Half of them were in Chinese. So I had a Chinese chat. I had an English chat. I had about 300 English, about 200 Chinese on that. I get to see them and interact with them because we created that reality. Wow. Or I could have sat there and went, oh my goodness, what's going to happen to our me? <laughs> that's the difference I want your audience to get is be creative yeah. and then if you're scared be vulnerable enough to ask for help yeah don't try I think you have to do it on your own there's so many people out there that can res um, resonate and be able to even give you assistance and I've had some of the most amazing partnerships created in these last two plus years and now you know I'm on track to you know create generational wealth Who'd have thunk? Yeah. While I was busy traveling around the world, I didn't have time to do anything else. I've now had some of the most meaningful reconnections and connections with friends and new friends that I've been able to have for the last 15 years because I have the time to sit there and say, let's talk for a while. Instead yeah. of going, well, I just got back from Asia and I'm tired. Uh, let's see if we can schedule something next week. And then when we, if we do, then we're on the phone and we're not really there. Our minds are somewhere else, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not present. That's it. And so, and then I know I'm dumping a lot on your audience, but I want them to understand that, look, everybody, no one's different than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Whatever crap they think is going on in their life and no one else goes through it, take a deep breath, take a step back, ask yourself what's next, and then be courageous enough to go all in. Mm. But Robert, what if it doesn't work? Well, did you learn something? Yeah. If you did, it's a win in my books yeah. and go again phenomenal i applaud you <laughs> I, <laughs> I just i, I like having fun <laughs> I, I love your energy i love your message um i think so many people are going to learn from this um i hope that they re-listen to it pause it and you know kind of make some notes on the things that you were saying because you just shared a ton of gems and um some very insightful information and you know, I'd love for, for them to follow you, my audience to follow you. And, you know, uh, where can, where can everybody go to learn more about you? Um, how do you want to direct them yeah. to, to learn about, about Mr. Robert? Well, let's go back to that currency of time because I believe time is our most precious commodity. The fact that you've taken your precious time to interview me means so much. And I thank you for that. And then the fact that your audience has taken their valuable time to listen to you and I have so much fun together. 
That's awesome. So as a gift from you and I to them, if they just go to robertrealpel.com, just my name, R-O-B-E-R-T-R-I-O-P-E-L-M-O-U-S-E. No, don't put that last <laughs> part in, but just robertrealpel.com. A couple of things is going to happen. And I, this is, we're actually starting to wind this down. So I'm going to suggest they do it quickly. A, they're going to be able to download the entire digital copy of my book, Success Left a Clue, as our gift to them. Now, this comes, Tori, with a caveat. I did not write this book for people to get it, put it on the shelf, and make it shelf help. That does not help anybody. Oh, good, you got my joke, I can tell. Shelf help. <laughs> <laughs> I know people are creatures of habit. Step number three in the six steps is you must take action. So I wrote this book as a workbook. There's action steps all the way through it. And I even say in it, there's spaces where I go, hey, did you do the last action? If not, stop reading right now, go back, do the action, then read more. Because I know people are creatures of habit. And I guarantee if they download the book, they read it and they do the action steps, they're going to see their life go to another level. Yeah. That's the first thing. And that's, that's going to be on for a little bit. But one of the things that's about to go away is I'm in that give back phase of my life. And so when people download the book, they're also going to have the opportunity to book in a 20 minute personalized success roadmap session with me awesome. for that's free, a great offer. not with anybody else. It's me but they have to do some work. There's going to be a questionnaire. They have to fill out an assessment, something you were talking about earlier that they have to do prior to the call. If I get, um, you know, when it comes to my system, if I'm about to get on a call and I see that they didn't do the um, spreadsheet or, you know, fill the answers or they did yeah. one word answers, I will cancel the call wow. because on this call, I'm not going to do any sales. I'm going to just be there 20 minutes focused on helping them understand what roadblocks are in their way where to detour, how to get there so that they, whatever area of their life they're struggling in, they can go to another level. Yeah. So that one, we're about to start winding down because, you know, I've been staying pretty busy with that and I've got other places, my focus, you know, and commitments sort of going in. So, but for your audience, if they want to have that 20 minutes with me, book in very, very quickly, let me be there to be of service. You can visit his website, uh, take advantage of the offer. I strongly encourage you. And once again, Robert, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I appreciate your time and your knowledge. And I look forward to you know, continuing this uh, partnership relationship that we have and, and sharing success stories with others. Absolutely. Anytime you want me back, all you have to do is ask, Tori. Thank you, Robert. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Visionaries podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, or share with a friend. Also make sure to visit us online at creativevisionariespodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And stay tuned for more episodes to come. And remember, it's time to tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary.